This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, it's Stamford Chidge here, of course, and, uh, you know, I'm quite happy with life after seeing us win a game of football. There we go. The show that is happy that we saw Chelsea win a game of football. Uh, and as ever, I have the delightful Mr. Jonathan Kidd with me. Hello, everybody. Lovely to be on the show. Lovely to see you, too. Um, I've just been distracted by... Uh, by uh, a couple of posts actually i'm reminded of something i saw on the discord group yesterday there's you and i and and uh, our guest who who you know who shall not be known for the minute um moaning about how cold it is here and of course there were people in the discord group in, in the i don't know where they were but somewhere in america in america alaska i uh, no, they weren't in alaska they were they were somewhere else but it was like really cold like minus 20. fargo Yeah, well, I don't know, minus 20, so maybe we should shut up talking about how cold it is. Anyway, we have a guest, JK. Who have we got tonight? Oh, he's lovely. He's a lovely man. I'm very fond of him indeed. Gorgeous character. Posts beautiful pictures of himself at the bridge early on in the morning. Full of positive vibes, isn't he? Yes, yes, everything he says is positive, except for one particular post he did at the weekend, which I thought was, you know, slightly negative. Negative um, um, Marco. It's Marco, everybody. I've had to admit it. There. I've had to say it. It's Marco. The Greek Mark Worrell. The doyen um, of Chelsea writers. Yes. Doyen. The doyen. The doyen. The doyen. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But didn't you post something about the reality? I thought Marco's... Oh, no. That was, that was the tweet that um, was posted after the Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough defeat that TNT Sports decided to steal... And show on the That's right. That was the one. That was the one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I love the fact that they showed it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did they give you a credit though? Well, they just put Gate 17 Marco underneath. Oh, did they? That's all they did. Right? They didn't say this man. The people who actually rewound their TV coverage paused <laughs> it, took a screen, took a photo of it, and sent it to me. Um, it was quite amusing to be honest with you lovely 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 Um, beautifully expressed marco as well it's it summed up a lot of our feelings as opposed to my my sweary fan bite yours was very to the point and uh and um told it like it was yeah but then of course we have as chidge says a victory yeah but we'll uh we'll get on to that um it's it might be i always say this in 
in hope rather than expectation. It might be quite a, a short show tonight. We've only got, uh, you know, the full ham game to talk about over two parts, but uh, no doubt we'll still be waffling on in two hours' time. You know what we're like. But uh, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Live! Every Monday and Friday about half past seven-ish by going to Mixler, which is Chelsea Chelsea-Fancast, sorry, Chelsea-Fancast.mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. And, of course, you can join in the chat in the wonderful uh, chat room in there where so many people do come and gather gather with us on a Monday or Friday to uh, vent about Chelsea, usually at the moment, or moan at us for talking nonsense, which is probably more sage of them. Anyway, uh, you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure, of course, you leave us a very wonderful, proud and erect five-star view. Now, exactly, no. Uh, So, uh, you heard me mention the chat room in Mixler, which is really, it's great fun. I mean, you know, some really good people in there. You, You will not be surprised to hear that the same people tend to populate our Patreon uh, website thingity bob what's it as well as discord what's discord i hear you say well uh discord is a thing that kids do that like games but i, I got roped into it i have no idea what its origin is or, or what it means but we have a discord group and as i said you've got the same kind of people in the discord group and you can chat about chelsea and us being rubbish 20 not like not chelsea being rubbish us being rubbish i meant uh, on there 24 7 and uh, there's a lovely little community there with some really good people so how do i get the discord group entry i hear you ask well you have to be a patreon member those are the rules i don't make them actually i did make them so there you go but anyway all it means bung us a few quid every month a small amount we don't care really i mean it, honestly if you become a patreon i love you if you don't become a patreon i still love you everybody wins uh but you do get to get in the discord group and of course you also will get a mini kerry dixon banner uh, sent to your address at home if of course you provide me with said address so there you go so if you want to get involved in patreon it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast so there we go uh, we will be talking all about the fulham game after this Yes. Um, do you know what? I, I, I have to I have to make a confession, Jonathan. Yes. I actually have several confessions. This is gonna be like, you know, storing up it, about a year's worth of confessions into one. Is it to do with football or personal? It's thing? to do with football. Oh good. In the main. Yes, it's all to do with football actually. Um I kinda of woke up a bit late on uh, Saturday. It was very cold, I was very tired. And I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking, Fuck, I've got to get up to London. You know, it's going to take me an hour and a half or so. And I was thinking, oh, God, why don't I just long it off? Anyway, I I got, but you know, it got, I had, I, well, actually, one, one of the reasons why I, I, I didn't long it off was because I wanted to actually see it. But uh, also, I knew I was going to uh, meet up with a few people afterwards. So I did get there. But of course, I got there so bloody late 
that I only had time to park the car up, walk to the ground, and go in. So I had none of none of my pre-match, no, no no ale in the cock or Guinness, no seeing Marco at the stall, and I always get very worried if I don't see Marco at the stall because the number of times I've done this, not seen Marco and Dave at the stall, and Chelsea have lost, I get in, get it into my head. That if I don't see Marco and Dave at the stall, then Chelsea will lose. So I was not in a good shape at all. But when I turned up and got in there with about five minutes to go, but there you go. The other confession I have to make is I haven't seen your fan bite. Well, I talked about uh, treachery, treachery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Was it any good? All about beating Fulham. Was it? Was it about Fulham? I had no idea. There we go. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I was, wasn't sweary, weren't you? Well, that's a no, sign no. that we didn't play quite as badly as the other week or middle. We didn't. Or whatever we didn't. It was, there were yeah. signs. There were little signs of um, Enzo and uh, um, Enzo was played one of his better games. Actually, it was re- revealing. He was very, very much involved and wasn't on his own up front. Um, uh, Connor just ran about like a, a madman again, and I had a slight go at him about not scoring, even though that. He had that terrific shot just yeah, because... Fine margins on that one, mate. Yeah, very fine margins. It would have, been, hit... it would have been a fucking would have been a corker. goal. It would have been a corker. Corker of a yeah. goal. Um, but no, I just wanted to score more. I, I just know. wanted. I know. Stats are so enormous. His stats are so excellent. Um, and he never stops. And it, it's interesting when the three of them start playing well there. It's a whole different ball game. It is, isn't it? It's like um, football instead of rubbish. Yeah. 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 But they were still a bit turgid in the first half. But they... They um and they still don't they still don't press. I don't still don't get this aspect of them. Um there was a, a, a beautiful example of that when suddenly um uh Palmer decided to press one of them and there was only one out for the goalkeeper, which was to pass it to the spare Fulham player. And it was only after he'd sort of shaped to do it and started to do it that Connor thought, Oh, I better run at him then. Um and you thought, no, if they were ball organised together doing this, he'd have got the ball. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a there's a bit of a lack of of organisation about the pressing. Um, but we pushed them further up, and we appeared to get more men in the box. Which you know, forgive me for saying it's rather old fashioned, and it's going to work. You know, it's it's what we've been talking about all season. Um, so it had little moments where you thought. Well, actually, that's not bad. But I have to say, Fulham were very average indeed. Absolutely pony, mate, weren't they? Yeah. Considering that they had played so excellently against yeah. um, uh, Arsenal and they'd played so excellently against uh, in spurts against Liverpool, yeah. I was a bit confused about very their, their performance. It was very odd. Couldn't get themselves. And yet they almost um, pulled a, a, a draw from the, uh, the, the the dregs of defeat, from the jaws mm. of, of defeat by um, the strangeness of our just attempting to defend ridiculously in the last 10 minutes, which was rather indicative of a below championship side. Um, uh, but no, I, there were, you know, the, the, it, it, it brings it home to me. Um, what I worry about Broya so much is that he gets really downhearted after he does something yeah, good. It doesn't work, you know? know, and he had that point blank header early on. He should have scored from it wasn't his, a bad effort. I mean, his little yeah. face, but his little face. I know. Jim. I know. I've, I, I want to talk about that actually. Um, you just look at him a bit and more go, depth oh, later, mate. you know. So, oh, mate. Because I think you know? there's there's some interesting points to be had there. Yeah. Um, okay. But 
I mean, I, I have you. Is that that was basically your fan bite? So I, I think you're. Yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, you know, I had I had a slight go. I just said how wonderful Palmer was again. Good, and that's clearly a blip. I thought Palmer was great. They were yeah, great again. Good, great. all right. Um, but but I, one last thing, I'm trying to think. I said Petrovic was excellent. Two very good saves. He didn't have much to do. Very good saves indeed. And, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know who will turn up against Barra and um, and Villa and uh, uh, having a go at. Um, um, why we why we still turgidly pass the ball sideways indeed well that was where i was going to begin funnily enough um i mean actually it you know one of the good things about saturday was that uh i, I you probably heard me talk about him a while ago but there's this lovely bloke uh who who i think he's got like you know some people kind of share their season tickets don't they and uh so he doesn't come every week and i haven't seen him for ages and he's really good value he's he's old school he's been around he's a bit older than me well i i, I probably your vintage jk but he's really lovely he's a nice bloke and we just sit there nattering away but we were like we were like waldorf and statler on saturday in the first half i had a proper good old moan up about everything um, because that's what it was like it was really laborious and it, marco you know what it kind of made me uh ask an important question which is what on earth does pochettino say to them before a match <laughs> when they come out like that every fucking time I don't know. I, I think the um, there was there was a general malaise about about the whole place. I, I mean, we we were just laughing. Uh, we laughed at the fact it was that it was that dull and une- uneventful that everyone's least favourite referee didn't have his Taylor Taylor. You're a Charlie uniform November tango <laughs> song sung at all. Um, he even gave us a penalty. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, Pochettino, I, I just honestly don't know because I, I still don't see um, kind of any real uh, difference to passages of play in, in game. So... I just don't see it. I mean, it, it was just, it was an awful watch. The first, you know, I don't know, the first 30 minutes, sideways, 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 oh, back to the goalie or back a few yards, um, you know, trying to knock it past. And as, as you said, Fulham were absolutely dreadful. Um, you know, I mean, it was like, is it is it a London derby? I I, I don't know. Um, well, maybe not. Not according uh, to Mark Meehan. <laughs> if you saw that thing he did on the, uh, on, he yeah. was on Polish TV or something. Uh, yeah. He did a long interview about. I think they were itching for it to be a rivalry, and Mark poo pooed it in his wonderful way and blinded yeah. blinded them with facts. It was brilliant. Anyway, I dig- we digress, Marco. But but it I mean, and it it was it was it was turgid to watch. Um, you know, and really the fact that it was decided by a Cole Palmer coolly taken penalty um, tells you all the, that you need to know, really. It does, doesn't it? I mean, I totally agree with you, actually. This is basically the my, my, my own kind of 10-second fan by it, if you like, which I actually had at, in situ with the, my, my mate John. And actually, there was another bloke next to me called Will, who was very chirpy. So we were, we were all having a good old natter for the first half. But too many touches, 
often poor ones, too slow in the build-up, and of course, no idea how to hit the back of the net. I mean, that that's that's Chelsea. Oh, this... I watched the Liverpool game, game um, uh, during the week, and it was interesting to see the pace that they hit the ball at. Yeah. It's twice as quick yeah. as And also, that no touches. The you... ball's just got one, two, three, four, five, out of the penalty area. Five touches, gone. You know, you know what I really noticed. Uh, it's kind of funny. I don't know what. When I'm on my own, you would have thought you would. I would be more observant. But uh, when you've got somebody sat talking to you at the game, it's weird. I seem. I kind of observed things that I might not. But I saw how static, how utterly static they are for most of the time. This is why they don't ping the ball about quicker because they're waiting to see who's going to make a fucking run. They're at, I think do you know what we need a striker, right? We should we should sign Immobile from Italy because <laughs> he would fucking fit in with that team if he is immobile. Because none of them can bloody no nobody makes a run. It's just unbelievable, so static. But anyway, like I almost had a rant then. Goodness me, yeah. So I noticed all sorts of things like that, you know. But uh, I, I don't know about you lot. Did you see this um, when you when you got home? It was it was on such social media. But Pochettino came out with this really mysterious thing in the presser. Something happened before the game that I can't explain, but it impacted the team. Any ideas, JK? Well, it could have been the bizarre um, publicity for the film. Um, it's made such an impression on me. I can't remember the name of the title. What is it? Allegre or something? What's it called? Yeah, let's call it Allegre, which is wrong because then then yeah. we don't give them the publicity that they don't. We don't give many publicity. Yeah, let's call them that. Call it that. Which was publicised all over the. Place. Let's call it Plymouth. And had these straight. Yes, I guess it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was like that, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we had these strange uh, models standing up in hoodies, advertising it in the um, in the dugout club. Uh, which is a, so not a success um, because they haven't grasped that people don't really, unlike in Amer- in baseball, um, want to sit behind the uh, um, the team as they're they're being subbed or whatever. Um, they'd rather watch the game. Um, whether whether that was a distraction and somebody came in, uh, whether Dua Lipa came in because she was there at the. The uh, the well known. I think she got the team hot and flustered. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's exactly what. Blood pressure have. going to the wrong places, she, mate. She may have flashed something she wasn't supposed. She's quite to. hot, I have to say. Even for an, yeah, old, she's an a... old boy, I'm thinking she's quite yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she did that rather nice redo of the the Elton John song, didn't she? Sacrifice, which she sang the other bit too. What was it called? Um, can't remember the name of it, but it's it's Rocket Man and Sacrifice stuck together. Um, uh, it, my my daughter likes her. Okay. She does do a leaper, do a leaper, dad. Okay, yeah. Cool. Is that Georgia? Uh, yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be the seven year old. Hasn't no, quite grasped no. these things. She's um, more into ACDC, isn't she? And you know, she. Oh, I've, I've taught her. That. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Yeah, I've got yeah, her. Exactly. Good man. Um, but no, whether it could be, or whether Bowley. I don't know. Did he, was he making an attack? Well, on I, I, I've him? heard. No, I've you know? I've heard. Uh, it's been really quite funny actually because it's been. The the usual internecine warfare going on on Chelsea football Twitter, but uh, um, everybody originally people were going oh you know bloody typical Bowley's financing this film so he's you know promote using Chelsea as a closed source to promote it on blah 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 blah, but apparently he doesn't he's not financed the film at all he's got nothing to do with it. Um, I would imagine what's happened is is that this lot as you know will do anything for a buck. 
Uh, and somebody's come along and said, wouldn't it be a great idea? Ah, oh, yeah, well done. Thank you, Mark. You've reminded me. It's actually Matthew Vaughan, who I used to know in a previous life, funnily enough, uh, who's the director of said film. Uh, he used to direct commercials, which is how I used to know him. But anyway, um, he basically is a big Chelsea fan. So obviously the, the production company got in touch, so they wanted to do a promotion. Can we do it? And they said yes. And of course, uh, as nobody else buys the... Uh, the dugout club tickets, of course, uh, the production company was more than happy to. This is not, uh, by the way, this is not unprecedented. Uh, this happened under Roman in 2013. Roman did it, yes. Yeah. So, you know, people getting their knickers in a twist. I mean, I, I don't know, Marco, I, I have to be honest with you, mate. I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. I, I, I think it should, the focus should be on the football. We're not, a, you know, I would like to think we're not just a clothes source for promotions that uh, got nothing to do with football. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's it's wrong. But I can understand it's the world we live in. And as I said, it's, it's not a precedent because, uh, you know, Roman did it 10 years ago. What do you think? Um, well, I had this conversation with somebody um, on, on Saturday and I said, because somebody had mentioned it before about we got the wrong American owners and it's a shame, you know, Ryan Reynolds didn't have a few extra quid uh, and 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 you know we kind of had that glitzy um, side of America purchasing the football club. In which case, we'd have this every bloody week, and, and we'd be reveling in it. Um, you know, and we'd have all the weird and wonderful sponsorship deals with companies that everyone's heard of. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think at the moment. I mean, I'm not I'm not defending the Americans, but I think people are just looking for ammunition to to shoot at them um, at every given opportunity. Um, So, you know, I'd I'd rather just, you know, I, I, I actually tried to find out what what it was that um Pochettino said it upset the team and he actually said that it, it wasn't significant enough to tell the fans. So um whatever it was can't have been can't have been all that. And you know, as as for the sort of nonsense that goes on around the club, um so what? I'm not interested. Mm. I mean it's it's we we, you know, we're a banter club anyway, so it's kind of that's the way it's gone now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think. Sorry, Jake. I go on, mate. I was going to say I, 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 it meant nothing. I didn't care. I have to say. Did you actually see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, he at the press conference, there'd been a little character by the microphone, and it was the the film character. Yeah, lots of product placements being going. Yeah, on. but already, yeah, already been set up. I I actually thought, oh, they're doing that, are they? They could have done it better. I was thinking they could have done it better. But um, and it was they had a big banner above the on the back of one of the hotels as well. But you look at it, but I I didn't interfere with anything. I'm intrigued as to what what would have um, supposedly put them off their stride because they played exactly the same as they've been playing in the past, and they played better than against Borough. So whatever it was, must have uh, well them up not in, in not in the first half. I don't think they did. No, I, I still sure. think we played better better than mind you. Fulham was so bad, and they didn't play. 10 behind the ball and boot the ball up the pitch and run after it, it which indeed. I, I think is going to be a, a problem with Borough. If they if they do the same again and we don't get... I well, can imagine it being 1-0 at, at 90 minutes. Well, but, you in, know. indeed, indeed. Well, look, you know, it didn't matter because out of absolutely bloody nowhere, 
Uh, although I say absolutely out of bloody nowhere, it was an excellent pass between the lines. Just shows you what you can do. It's Palmer, wasn't it? Just shows yeah, you fantastic. what. Well, you... he looked one way and, and yeah. put it with his left foot through a through a gap straight to Sterling. Oh, no. I have to say, I thought that Taylor was going to book him for diving. So did I, so, hey. mate. So did I, because I mean, you know, let's face it, Sterling's got a bit of previous when it comes to yeah. diving. Yeah. I, yeah. I I was. I mean, everybody went mental. Say, oh, it's a penalty, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Taylor. Yeah. You know, but it, anyway, he gave it fair play. The fact, the fact we didn't call him the uh, the see you next Tuesday, I think, was partly because all the Fulham fans were more um, anti him because of the strange decisions he gave, particularly at the beginning, mm. where there, two of the Fulham players were fouled, definite fouls, and then did that business of lying on the ball and picking it up because they'd been fouled, and he gave handball twice early on, if yeah, you remember, did, and they the Fulham fans went mad, mad against him. You know, don't know what you're doing, and um, you know who's the who's the bleep in the black and Indeed. all of that stuff. Um, I like the fact that they, they found fault with him as well. So Indeed. Well, uh, Palmer, young stone-cold Palmer, uh, put it away with aplomb. Um, that's... Uh, I've just lost my place, idiot. Uh, Mr. Reliable, really. That's nine goals and four assists so far, Marco. That's a pretty decent return at the halfway point. Um, I mean, you know, double that. By the end of the season, he'll have 18 goals. That's kind of sort of Frank Lampard esque. It is. It is. Was it five five of them pens? Are they? I'm not sure. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, he's. That said, I mean that said, you know that's a fair analogy because quite often Frank Lampard was quite easily the best player on on the pitch, and um, you know when Palmer gets the ball, you think, hello. Something's something is going to do something here. Um, either create something or take something or take somebody on or have a crack at goal. Um, and you can't really say that for too many of the other. Not really. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, that, that wonderful thing where he chipped um, the um, Robertson, the fullback, didn't he? He just flicked it over his head, ran yeah. with it, and then put Madweke in. I thought Madweke played a hundred percent better than he did against Borough. He actually looked decent again and he centered it and it was unfortunate then uh, there was a kind of sort of rush of blood in the penalty area as we normally see I've, i noticed that cole was getting forward much more whether he thought i better become a fullback an attacking fullback but he can't shoot to save his life so um but yeah and there was the other thing he did with the back of his palmer with the back of his foot do you remember that when he just oh yeah lovely touch loved it and then ran after there it were there played. were two two flicks he did that were quite like yeah, that two. Ooh, yeah, I mean yeah. he's he's I mean he's absolutely he's the bollocks mate he really is I mean apparently he scored he scored as many goals for Chelsea this season as any Chelsea player managed in the whole of last season you yeah, know yeah. I mean that's the impact he's made uh, I, I I mean you I've know got who's, um, I've got a mate who goes who watches City City and, uh, City, City. I mean, he he's he said they're all bemoaning the fact that you know. They they sold um, they sold Palmer and uh, they sort of kept hold of Alvarez, who I think is a good player. Yeah, it's all right, uh, you know. And I, I think if you take the penalties away from Palmer, the stats look slightly different. But you know, thank God for all that um, scattergun purchasing that that. You know, I suppose if if you if you fire 
enough pellets. You're going to hit something. Yeah. Gonna hit something. And wasn't he third choice, Marco? Wasn't he third oh. choice in the end? I thought he was a last minute, a third choice. I think they tried to buy the Arsenal. Yeah, he, he came I, out of nowhere, and then of course, um, when he started, when he started getting a game and and playing well, um, who's matey boy on uh, Twitter, the the transfer guru, um, Fabio. Yeah, we, yeah. Here we go. He said, "Of course." Um, Many people knew that this was a closely guarded secret that Chelsea had been in for him for for months, which I think is utter bollocks. Um, He's full of shit, mate. Well, no, no, no. I just think I I just thought that was complete nonsense. Exactly, exactly. It was more uh, in tune with what J.K. just alluded to. I, I think I think maybe maybe Poch dropped the ball. Poch Pep dropped the ball then. Because I think he, I think you know, maybe this happens when you've been managing a club for a long time. You think you're bulletproof, and he just thought, no, 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 he's he's not going to want to demand to go to play football. He'd be happy to go out on a loan, and I mean, basically, Palmer called his bluff, you know. So, but they've got this Oscar Bravo, haven't they? Sorry, Oscar Bob, what a brilliant name, uh, who scored that fantastic goal against the Geordies, didn't he? Bloody hell! But as, as somebody rightly pointed out, you know. Uh, with a lovely clip of Palmer's goal against Luton, saying it's not just City players who can score a goal. I mean, it's literally one touch, another foot, another touch, next foot. It was just brilliant control. And Palmer did much the same, really, for his goal against Luton. So I think we've got a good one there, boys. So, uh, yeah, very happy with old Mr. Palmer. Um, Second, I mean, talking about, you know, what on earth does Poch say to them uh, before the match starts? Um, He clearly says some sense before second halves because this is not the first time that I've seen Chelsea come out and they were really good the second half. They had everything they didn't have in the first half. They had energy, pressing, they were all pressing, more direct. Uh, they were having a proper go, you know. it was. I thought they played really, really well second half. Of course, the one thing they couldn't fucking do was score, but they did everything. But they looked better, JK, I thought. More, it was, you know, more oomph, movement. I don't think it was difficult because I think Fulham got worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> possible. It was a strange performance by Fulham, for goodness sake. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it was, it was as, as I said in my fan bite, it was so much better than the Borough game. We were so much more committed um, and so much more engaged um, that... The, the the problem I have is you you start accepting. I've said this before. The lower bar, you know, you go, oh yeah, that was so much better. But then you think, hang on, it's still a bit mid table. We're still, you know, we're not seeing anything outstanding here. We're not seeing other than Palmer. I think Palmer is a is a a, a killer player on his own. Um, Sterling still does the same stuff of of you know he he he, he at least didn't run into people too much, but. Um, uh, I think, I think, I think one of the things. Sorry, say Marco. Say yeah, yeah. Go on. No, no. I was just going to say. I, 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 I endorse what you're saying. Um, I think the next three games, um, obviously, is shit or bust against Borough, um, and not far off the same against Villa, and then Liverpool. So you got kind of got those three big games within the space of a week um, 
And, you know, I don't think the, 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 the tempo and the togetherness and the understanding of what's required is going to have to be up by about 50% yeah. on what it was. Well, against it, it, it'll, it'll be tough against Villa, who are currently second in the table. And then we've got Liverpool in the league. We've got Man City, City a few games off that. Tottenham are in there and thereabouts. So, you know, we've had... I mean, I remember... Uh, remarkably, because I don't usually remember what I did this morning, let alone months ago. But I remember when we got into December um, that we said, oh, no, no, we've got a chance to get some points here because we're playing some shit teams. And lo and behold, we have done. And I've got a stat that proves it, actually, that you'll really love. I know how much you love stats. We've won four in a row, haven't we? Right. 15 points gained since December. Uh, Only Liverpool have more with 17 and that's yeah so there you go so you know we we kind of said that should happen and it did so it'll be very interesting to see i mean i i you know we'll get onto this in part two really but let me quote i don't know if you oh, might oh, be i've got a quote go on sorry but big chris um from gate 17 we were just chatting on whatsapp yesterday and he said i'm not mental but i really believe we've still got a chance of fourth or fifth fifth should be champions league qualification this year 17 teams, 17 games to go. Villa third, 12 points ahead. Spurs fifth, nine points. Obviously, that changed yesterday. United seventh, one point and horrible goal difference. Not going to catch any of Liverpool, City or Ars. Don't deserve Champions League if don't overtake West Ham and Brighton anyway. Big second half of the season starts with obviously must win versus Borough to get to final. Hmm. I, I mean, you know, obviously the, the only way we're going to do that is to A, win games and B, not lose games that we should win, basically. But I think I think Big Chris has got a point, mate, because there's that really, you know, right here and now, given all the other teams, I think that we should we should finish sixth because you're not telling me that we're we're not any better than Newcastle, Brighton, Man United and West Ham. That's, we should be six this season. We should finish above all of those teams. Man United are beyond shocking, basically. West Ham, well, Bowen's out, so that, and they're up and down like a yo-yo. Uh, and Brighton, I don't think, are having a particularly good season. They're up and down. And Newcastle, you know, their injuries are ruinous for them as they have been for us. So, you know, players back. I mean, I think the point is, is that, you know, February will be very telling because... You know, there's a lot of conjecture at the moment as to whether we're making any progress, whether we're improving. Of course, it's really hard to tell that when you you take two steps forward and three steps back, like we did against Middlesbrough. But I actually think that we are slowly improving. But the proof for the pudding will be in the eating, won't it? Because we've got to play some decent sides and beat them. So we shall see. Now, uh, before we get to all of that, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in part two, in fact. But uh, before we do, I'm afraid we do have to discuss the clusterfuck of an omni shambles which is our defending in the last 10 minutes of the game uh which uh basically arose because we couldn't kill the game off and actually on that point before we get into the omni shambles of a clusterfuck um i thought pep's comment was very interesting this weekend um he, i got i dug it out somewhere what he what he said but i i have him absolutely bang on with this the final third is not tactics it's talent and i mean okay you know, there is tactics to pull people out of position and make space and move off the ball and all of that. But I wonder if that describes us to a T. We don't have talented people to put the ball in the net, JK. 
Well, I think it helps if people actually get into the penalty area. Well, that would help, yeah, that's for sure. I think it is slightly more uh, um, to do with bodies in the box as well, which isn't necessary to do with talent. And I, weirdly enough, he, he began to do that more in the second half. Um, they got more forward. I was thinking, well, there must be a goal here, surely. But then we have the ridiculousness of, because we've got so many players up, that the opposition then just think that a, a boot down the pitch will deal with it. Um, uh, and that's a dilemma, isn't it? But you the, you see the fit. There was a wonderful moment, actually, where um, Connor, having been given the ball, and then he got the ball in the middle of the pitch and um, immediately spun round and passed it backwards. And uh, Poch had, a, had an apoplectic, apoplectic fit. He was Lowers. not alone. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But it's interesting that the that we think he's a bit placid about stuff, but he was really angry with um uh, with Connor for for not thinking in terms of an of a of a ball forward when players had made themselves available. I'm not saying as you say with a great deal of effort they don't go into spaces very much. But once again I'm to use Liverpool as the example because they're 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 heading the league at the moment. But as you say, the the options they give by making these runs are completely different to the way we play, and and, and the speed of it. Um, but um, but oh, but it's established, isn't it, that if they're going to play with Broya. Uh, he's he he's not your man for this. He's he's Championship level at best. Now I think I think what what Poch is trying to get across with his statements about him and with with the fact that. Um, Brozier's so disappointed with himself all the time that uh, that that he's a, a shadow of the player that he was for Southampton and before his injury, and after, yeah, but the player that he was before his injury, and 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 he, and he is depressing himself by well, his inability to 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 get on 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 target, you I know, agree. and I and I I you can see it as I said in his little yeah. face, and it's and he yeah. comes off whenever he comes off and he's substituted. The, the, all the woes of the world well, are on his shoulders. That's because he's carrying... That's he's a long walk he did, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, but it's because it's, it's he's carrying them on his shoulders. I mean, I, I think there are two things at play here. I think one, I don't. I think psychologically uh, the injury's playing on his mind. And, and, you know, we used to talk about this with hudson Adoy, if you remember, who was not the same player after his injury when he came yeah. back. Uh, and I think the other issue that's playing on his mind that is affecting him psychologically is the weight of expectation. You yeah. know, he's got a he's got a golden opportunity here to stake a claim for staying yeah. at this club and, yeah. and and being a you know a, a Chelsea striker going forward. Um, he's also got the the weight of expectation of being the number nine in the team, being expected to score goals in a, in a team that's not scoring goals. I think there's a huge amount of pressure on him, and I think it's telling. And I was talking it's a to perfect storm, Chidge. Yeah, of really, it is of, of, of reality. How he's got to do with it? Sorry, it no, no, that's all right. And uh, you know, I was talking to the uh, boys. I was talking to Steve Burton, actually, the lovely Steve Burton and Paul Hay after the match, and and I said, look. They need they need to get him get him you know get him to see a shrink. Get him, I'm, I'm available. I'm, my, my rates are quite reasonable because I think he needs he needs some uh, psychological help here and support. You know yeah. because I, I thought your point I, mean, I can't remember if it was yours or Clayton's last week saying that the problem in the team is with a lack of leaders. You know there was no there's nobody going up putting an arm around him saying don't worry put it out of your mind have a have another go next time you know to stay positive about it he's bearing it on his own and it's I think that was Clayton because he was, then mentioned yeah. he then mentioned Jordan Henderson if you remember yeah, that's right yeah yeah that's right well you know I I think I think he's he's struggling with the expectation and I think he you know I I I am sure 
that the talent is still there, actually. And, I mean, Poch said some very nice things about him the other week, saying he thinks he's got the potential to be, you know, one of the best in Europe. And, and you know, we he sees him on the training ground, not us. So uh, who are we to disagree? But if he doesn't get the mental side of his game right, it don't, don't fucking matter, mate. You know, it's as simple as that. But there you go. Um, that header at the beginning, he should have put away. He should have put away. And 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 he hit it really well. And he and did. yet his face it just went uh oh. I know and I didn't exactly. see it until I came back and watched a bit of it on the, but that's, the block at the time. I'm, te- just thinking- I'm telling you now, as a therapist, mate, that, that is a that is that is something that he has about him. You know, and that, that can be worked through with a with a decent shrink, you know, because he shouldn't he shouldn't get his knickers in a twist like that. I mean, okay, we want to see that they care and they get upset when they fuck up, but you can't let it drag you down. You can't stay in that place. You've got to like go go and talk to Kerry Dixon about this. He'll tell you all about this, right? Didn't you hire um, a mental health guru? Who? Well, then did Chelsea not hire a mental health guru during the close season? I don't know. Did they? Well, just looking now. Pretty certain they did. Mm. But he's not doing his job, is he? Who's that bloke who used to bend the forks? Yuri Geller. Wasn't Yuri Geller, was it? English Premier League club Chelsea have hired All Blacks mental skills expert Gilbert Enoka. Oh, wasn't he just the bloke who shouted at them a bit more when they did things wrong? Mm. (laughs) I remember we talked about some ex-All Black bloke, uh, you know, doing that. But anyway, look, you know, um, all I'm saying is that when we react to things like he does, that is something that we carry and have carried within us for a long time. Okay. I mean, like, I get really crabby, like, snappy when things don't go my way. That is a psychopathology which I've brought to the table from childhood, you know. So, you know, it, there's something that can be worked worked through there with him. But who knows? Poch thinks he's got the talent, but he's got to sort the mental side out of his, of his game out as well. But now, he is a shadow of the player who played for Southampton when he won love. Because a shadow. Of, yeah, because of all these things. It's, as you said, it's a perfect storm of shit for him, really. You yeah. know, the post-injury mental recovery, uh, yeah. the situation Chelsea find themselves in and the, all, all these expectations and whatever he, whatever else he brings to the party in that respect. But anyway. The trouble is, just to carry on from this, is, is Nkunku is supposed to be the, 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 the saviour in this instance. And he's injured again. I know. To but a degree that isn't just a, a minor hip injury. It's a bigger thing because Poch said, I have no idea when he's going to be back. Now, is this going to influence the transfer window? This is what we oh, need uh, to know. But you know, fuck no. Will they care? You know, will fuck will no. they? Say he's well, appara- come back? apparently, that's what they were saying. Uh, that that they're waiting to see how Nkunku yeah. does before yeah. they make a decision. Well, yeah, I kind of get that, but the trite thing is, by the time they fucking found out, it'll be too late. But you know, whatever. Let's not go down that can of worms. Let's get back to what I wanted to get back to, which is the Keystone Cops defending. I mean. It has to be said, Marco. Uh, they were they were valiantly aided and abetted by uh, 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 Anthony Taylor deciding he was a, a, a Gareth. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, this is what was not Taylor's fault: Stu- giving stupid free kicks away, running into defenders, wrong well, passes. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what: panic, um, panic at the disco, mate. I, I, I was, I was surprised nay shocked given that it was taylor that how how malay malo gusto stayed on the pitch 
after assaulting um, William. William and and who the fuck is Malo Gusto anyway in the great pantheon of Chelsea greats um, to stand over William berating him after he's tried to break his ankle? Um, do, does he not know who William is? Does I, he not- I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think you know he's a fighter. He's got balls. He doesn't give a fuck. I like that about my players. Well. <laughs> You're just trying to be adversarial. No, I'm not. Right? No, I'm not. I mean it. You know me. You know me I for thought, years. You know honestly, that. How, how the fuck did Gusto not get sent off? Sent off, I agree. Given, given that it was Anthony Taylor. Uh, it's like, are you Taylor in disguise? We should have sung at Taylor. Yeah. I, I, mean, I thought that Gusto was on top of William singing, he hates Tottenham. He hates Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> If only that was true, I would love it. I would love it. That was, I think, in fact, that was the loudest. Well, I said, I think I said it earlier when William fizzed that shot, free kick over the bar, and the Matthew Harding Lower sang the William song. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, that was the loudest. Apart from when Ben Chilwell came on as yeah, a song. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, right. Uh, I thought the one thing. I mean, look. The bottom line is it was chaotic. We've seen it before. It is very. I mean, I mean, I, I, I haven't actually told him what the name of the show is. In my, I mean, if I, the thing is with me, J.K. If I forget one thing and then work hard to try and remember it, then I forget the other thing, don't I? So, uh, I did remember to do the uh, Mixler and Patreon plug at the beginning of the show, but I did actually forget to tell everybody what the name of the show was tonight, didn't I? You know. Yes. For fuck's sake, um, the name of the show tonight is. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast number 1099, I've even got the number wrong up here, 1099, stressful, because that is that is how I left that game. I just found it unbelievably stressful for the last 10, 15 minutes. I was convinced fucking Fulham were going to score, and we did everything that we could to try and help them. It was just unbearable. It really, really was. Mm. It's just too stressful, man. I think that bout of head of tennis at the end yeah. was uh, what did it for me. Where, where the ball just seemed to be headed, headed and kicked straight up in the air. And I was just thinking, oh, God, it's bound to come down and be hoofed in, isn't it? In fact, they had an opportunity. Um, uh, Enzo did a fantastic block because the ball then went straight out to the edge of the penalty area. I kind of sort of, he, he took off and did the splits and I thought it hit him in the ghoulies. I was a bit worried for him. But no, he uh, he carried on uh, as before and ran madly after it. So uh, um, it was his block that stopped them from equalizing was, well uh, and, and they did and at the end of the day that's all that matters all that matters is it was three points we won and we didn't concede in the last two minutes at all and i t- i kind of in a in a perverse sort of way i mean talking about old school in a, in a way we were a minute ago weren't we marco with players with a bit of fight and something to them i kind mm. of i enjoyed the fact that we were all cheering as the ball was being hoofed in panic aimlessly anywhere but the penalty area you know because i remember as a kid you know, uh, and it did remind me very much of schoolboy defending, actually. But I remember as a kid, you know, when in doubt, fucking kick it into Rose Ed, get it away from the danger area. And uh, good old Alfie Gilchrist is clearly from that school of thought. But uh, I love the fact that the crowd cheered. <laughs> I thought that was great, you know, because we're not supposed to like that anymore. We're supposed to pass it out from the back. But he did that um, slightly cliched uh, gesture of um, get, saying, get it out, yeah, get it out, yeah, yeah. by waving his. 
finger in the air, which was pretty obvious that that's what nobody was doing. But he was attempting to get them to kick the ball as far up the field as possible. No, well, you know, chase after it. The thing is, if you do kick the ball up the field like that, some of somebody chase after it, please. Don't yeah. just all stand there waiting for it to come back again. Oh, totally agree. But I mean, you know what? As I said, <laughs> it works, and sometimes you've got to do that. And uh, Hey, we got away with it, but my God, it was stressful, I have to say. Right, we're going to head off uh, for part two in a minute, but before we do that, uh, it's uh, behoven upon me to tell you that, of course, you can get a copy of the CFC UK fanzine, which, uh, as Marco will tell you, I'll ask him in a minute, actually, but anyway, celebrating its 250 issue uh, with the current issue. It's been going for 25 years. And, of course, you can get it at the stall uh, opposite Fulham Broadway Tube, where, of course, you'll find Marco and usually Dave and a few other reprobates hanging around, and you can have a nice chat with them. Um, If you can't get to the matches, obviously do not worry. You can actually subscribe to CFC UK by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net and uh, paying via, via PayPal 20 quid for a year's subscription if you're in the UK, 45 quid if you are in Europe, 60 quid if you're in the rest of the world. And if you want a digital copy instead of a hard copy, then it's six quid for a year, one pound each. Uh, Marco, 250 years of the CFC UK fanzine. It's quite an achievement. Sorry, (laughs) that would be an achievement. That would be quite outrageous. 250 issues, I meant. Sorry, 25 years. That's, That's a hell of an achievement. In this day and age when so many fanzines are kind of going tits up and it's all digital now. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, all credit to the Sheditor for um, keeping it going uh, and keeping the price at only £1 yes. for the best part of 25 years. Yeah, that's remarkable. When did you start... I mean, when did you start writing for CFC UK? So, uh, I think it would have been around maybe 2006 because I know uh, I, I actually wrote about this in in this this edition that neither Dave nor I without going to look could could remember but he he reviewed my first book um Overland and Sea which was published in 2004 and then at some point shortly after that he asked me if I'd write for the fanzine um and then at some point after that, he asked me if I'd help out with the wallpaper pasting table that was strategically positioned um, where the old Chelsea Supporters Club shop used to be, um, which is where the stall is now, funnily enough. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think 2006, 2007, so sometime around that um, is when I started... Uh, scribing mm, there you go they've had some great i mean i mean you know i include you in this but they've had some great authors in there i mean john king uh martin knight you know the whole they've had some great writers writing for them haven't they yeah i mean i, I think you know obviously people come to the stall and they um say how much they appreciate the fanzine because it's obviously it's written by supporters rather than the football club uh, rather than football club employees, um, and it you know they don't always necessarily agree with um, the, the the points of view, but everybody kind of reasons their um, particular arguments in in more than articulate ways. So I think 
that's what people enjoy about it. Um, and it is, you know, I mean, it's an institution and uh, it, it's, you know, it is a credit to the Shedditor that it kept it going, it kept it going through lockdown, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's still going now. So long may it continue. We, we, we actually tried to work out, Dave and I, that we'd probably be in our 80s um, <laughs> by the time it got to issue 500, um, which was mid-80s was, of course, when the most famous fanzine seller of them all, Harry Moss, who, who passed away some time ago now, but he, he started selling the fanzine aged 84 and was still, was still doing it 10 years later. Magic. He, he, he of course, adorns the cover of the CFCUK CFC book, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He does. No, it's it's special, isn't it? And, and I mean, I was actually very touched at, uh, at Stretch's uh, post-match bash when Di came up to me and said how much she uh, enjoyed reading my article in in the in the current issue, actually, it's uh, it, it is it's lovely when people appreciate what you do. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant, all power to its elbow, and I'm proud, very proud to say that most of the Chelsea fancast regulars uh, also write for the fanzine. So I think I've always kind of uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember actually because this this segues quite perfectly. Actually, I remember Charles Rose when he was the uh, chairman of the CPO used to say that that uh, we were like the gorilla the C- the supporters trust were like the gorilla wing of uh of uh, the the CPO and I often I often feel there's a similar kind of symbiosis between the fan cast and the, and the, and the fanzine there always has been actually we've all, always seemed to kind of share the same view on most things and as I said most of the people on the fan cast write for the for the fanzine so there you go uh, and of course some will know some will not but some will know that the Shedditor himself, Mr. DJ, uh, was the first presenter of the Chelsea fancast. I have, I have the tapes, as they like to say in America. And I was actually a guest on, on his version of the fancast. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't allow me to call him by his name. No. He said, you can only call me Blagger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I, I, every time I went, uh, he went. I've got to rewind that now. Just say blagger. <laughs> That's brilliant. I know. I think, think we should have nicknames, Chidge, like that. And just I, so I that do. We insist. You're, we insist. you're JK. I'm Stanford Chidge. Oh, we do already. Oh, blast. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Cliff Cliffy was on one, and I think Kelvin was too. So I, I will one day, if I get the permission from the Shedditor, I will I will republish them for your for your general entertainment and edification. Anyway, uh, as you heard me say a minute ago, I was mentioning the CPO. Of course, our weekly reminder that uh, you need to go and buy a share or as many as you can, as many as you can afford. Because, of course, if you do, you actually get a say in the future of Stamford Bridge, uh, whether it's redeveloped or they move it or whatever, okay? Um, It just gives you clout like no other supporters in this land have. I mean, look at what's going on in Reading with that awful wanker that's trying to kill their club. Uh, Dai Yonga, whatever his name is, that couldn't happen here because we, the supporters, own the ground and the name of the football club. So nothing happens to it unless there's a good argument as to why it should and the, and the shareholders agree. <clears throat> so it's a really useful thing to have. Uh, and uh, they are priced between about 110 quid for an electronic share 
up to 175 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Uh, just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. Right, we will be back for part two very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. JK. Yes, Chidge. You know how frustrated we get when we can't get a ticket to an away match and it's not on the telly? Oh, yes. Oh. Well, I think I found the answer. You have? I have. It's NordVPN and it allows us to watch any match even if it's not on live TV here. Oh, that sounds great. How do they do that? Well, with just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match. Oh, isn't that a bit risky, though? I wouldn't want people getting their hands on my personal details. No problem, JK. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. But uh, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, mate. Oh, indeed it is, Chidge. Where do I sign up? To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, and uh, we are into part two uh, now of the show that uh, I forgot to tell you the title of in part one, which is. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast number 1099, the title of which is stressful. And uh, as I was saying in part one, the last 10 minutes or so was ridiculously stressful. Uh, Schoolboy defending and all of that. Um, but anyway, we won and that's all that matters. I want to turn our attention now. Oh, of course, I've got the great Jonathan Kidd with me. Hello. The legend of the fanbite and uh, Mark Worrell, the doyen of Chelsea writers, as I said in part one. Good so, evening, everyone. Lovely to see you both. Uh, right, yes, some of the players I think need a, a few mentions. Um, Petrovic, I thought, was very quietly but very impressive again. J.K. He uh, he made some outstanding saves, uh, two or three in that match. Uh, one in the first half, uh, which particularly stands out. And you know, this is the thing, isn't it? Because in the balance of a game. I mean, we've been saying for weeks, haven't we, that if another team scores first, we're doomed. Uh, so if, if that goal goes in, I think that's a different game. And that's kind of what you need your keeper to do, to keep you in the game when you're having a bit of a rocky patch or, or they get something out of nothing. Uh, and, he, and he does this. He's, he's commanding in the air. He, you know, his distribution with his feet is good. And he's a good shot stopper. I, I tell you what, the more I see of this kid, the more I like him. And and it made me chuckle actually because I can't remember what fuck with it was Shearer mo- whinnying on like the old old dear he is going you know mo- the same old moan about Chelsea oh you know they spent a billion quid they still don't have a decent goalkeeper they need a centre back they need a strike I don't know if we do need a goalkeeper no, I think this kid kid's good 
Well, I was slightly worried at the press the other day when uh, Poch um, enthused about the fact that uh, Sanchez was um, almost back to running, God. Um, yeah. which um, uh, I didn't quite understand, given that, as you say, Petrovic appears to have uh, done really excellently. He made a couple of very good saves that he made look really simple. Yeah. And that didn't have much else to do. And um, previous uh, inhabitants of the uh, uh, the the gloves and the uh, the goal line attributes, being able to handle the ball, have um, in some instances made terrible ricks with shots like that. Um, Kepper, for example, and um, going back even further, who's um, on his way back at the end of the season? <laughs> apparently, yeah. What are they going to do? Oh God. Oh, um, uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's not done badly at all. And in fact, I'm I'm being um. I'm underestimating it. He, he's done excellently. He's, he looks really good. And uh, he's only 19 uh, and can only get better and better. Yeah. And I think he's he's he loves the fact that he's been given... Here's a perfect example. A reserve has been given the opportunity to step forward and has, and has made the position their own. Which is what we were saying we needed Broyer to do, which he's not yeah. able to do. It's a mentality thing, mate. And maybe also pressure too, because... You know, Petrovic probably, he couldn't lose, could he? You know, nobody expected him to be in that position. Nobody expected anything from him because he was playing in the MLS. No pressure on him, really. So, yeah. and, he's, and he's thrived in it. I love it. Marco, what, what do you say about Georgi Petrovic? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's quite interesting that they they signed that other kid from the MLS, didn't they? Slanina. Mm. Out on loan... Who knows where? Is he playing for a Belgian team at the moment? Not sure. Um, but he was meant to be kind of... Uh, the, uh, the air apparent, the air in waiting. He he was kind of the, the, the great hope. Um, and Petrovic was, you know... I, I remember... I can't remember who it was, actually. It was... Uh, it might have been Mark Bosnich or somebody. It was a keeper with a Chelsea connection who, who actually said of Petrovic, if he gets a chance, um, he will make that position his own because he's that good. And of course, everybody went, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's coming to a team that's, let's face it, hardly, hardly sure of themselves um, across the back. And he's probably the the most um, rock-like member, maybe excluding Thiago Silva, of um, of the whole defence. You kind of think, yeah, I trust him to do a job. Um, when you can't really say the same of um, the the defence as a as a as a unit. Um, for 90 minutes of a game, you know, there were long periods of that game when he had nothing to do. Um, and he, he did what was required uh, to ensure that the final score for Fulham was nil. Yeah, he did. He did indeed. Um, talking of the defence, I, I thought uh, Colwell had a much better game, uh, JK. Probably, you know, helped uh, by the fact that Fulham were, in fact, pony but he did he did he had a much better game i thought um but there was one there was one um moment in the first half where 
which caught my attention. I mean, largely because it was on on my on our side actually, uh, and I remember it because John and I were like moaning about it. But he was he was kind of positioned around the halfway line on the left, and Enzo had the ball slightly in field, and uh, Enzo was was pointing to him to basically make a run, and he and he looked like he he was, looked like the classic caught between two stools, not knowing really what he should do and again you know this is not his fault i mean i've heard this from many uh ex uh ex fullbacks who say this who say it's a specialist position you have to understand it's a very different position you've got to understand where to be all the time you know and he's not a fucking left back but you know that having been said i thought he didn't do badly jk um palmer you said no colwell be- colwell Said Palmer, you didn't mean. Palmer. I meant I meant Colwell. Sorry, did I say yeah. Palmer? I am because yeah, gonna... I I've got really. Confused. No wonder you look so fucking confused. I was looking at your face again. What's up with J.K.? That would explain yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize. He... Yeah, no problem. Um, uh, he has moments where he he seems to fill in as a fullback, but um, his attempts on goal were were dreadful. Uh, I just wish they'd play him at, at centre half, where I think he's got a big future ahead of him. Because he can clearly play the ball well, um, I, I sort of get that he wants to have that he's not. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Matson immediately has gone to left back in the Dortmund side, so um, as we all knew he would, but we all knew he would. So you just think, is he has he been doing this deliberately? While well, Chilwell has been absent, has he been deliberately playing um, a tall man at left back just because it gives him another option? You wonder, but I. Uh, is if you look at what Gusto is, and you look at what Chilwell will probably be playing there, you you realise that the differences, Chidge, is it, it's a very different set of skills required. Yeah. So you know, for that, for a a modern fullback, it's it, once again I keep using Liverpool as an example, but I think that the way that he's got rid of a lot of players and actually built them up into something again is is uh, is fantastic at, at Liverpool. Klopp Klopp is clearly. Um, a great manager um and um it, you know it thrives on 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 having terrific fullbacks it thrives on a full a- alexander arnold who is uh not as good as reese james just unfortunate that that reese james is so injury prone otherwise i think we'd have a much very different side um and there are aspects of the injury list if when you look at it like that that you despair of because he's a top player and he's not playing there are other players who I don't, you know, the fact they're injured is meaningless to me and the fact that they're quoted as a reason why the club isn't doing well is absurd because they've either never been good enough or they've been so injured we don't even know what they're like. I mean, Fafana's an example of that. I don't, you know, we've yet to see him play at the proper level and uh, he may have done that a couple of times but the rest of the time he's been injured all the time. Um, and I'm intrigued that um, that Cucurella never gets a mention by anybody because uh, um, his injury must be worse than we thought but also... Um, it means the option as such as it it answers your question, Chid. He's been playing Colwell also because there's no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's in a position where, well, there was, but he didn't trust Matson to play there. He's now in a position where let's see how Chilwell fits into this setup. It'll be very interesting. Well, I'll Would talk you... talk about Chile oh, in a minute. Sorry, Marco. Go on. No, no, no. I was just I was just interested to know if JK thought that. Um, Chilwell would slot straight back in at 
left back, meaning Colwell goes to centre half. What, I'm saying you... I don't know. I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know. Well, I would hope so. We would hope we would hope that he'll start playing a more um, obviously speedy the left back in uh, helping the attack because it and Chilwell is good, very good in the final third. We're talking about talented players in the final third. Chilwell is very good there. It's his. Yeah. It 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 is is not one of the great fullbacks. We're suddenly in Marcus Alonso territory, but I'd rather. Oh, have... he's better. He's a better defender than Alonso. Yeah, he's a better defender than Alonso. I was about to say he's yeah. a better defender, but we're still we're still looking at him as a as a, a feeder of forwards and a goal scorer. He, he's not. I, I mean, his talent, I think the know? thing the thing about Reese James when when he was bang on it, which he hasn't been for a while because of all the the injuries. But the thing about Reese was he's as he's as good defensively as he, as, as he was attacking. I mean remember the number of times he had people like Zahar in his pocket. And Vinicius Vinicius, Vinicius Jr. Jr. That was that's the the best example, even better. Yeah. You know, yeah. so James can defend when he's on it and yeah. when he's fit. But he yeah. course he I mean the other thing, you know, we talk about uh, uh, you know we never score goals anymore. Well, you know, Reese James, you know, when he again when he was on it and fit was a um, a main supplier of goal assists, wasn't he? And also quite a few goals, as was Ben Chilwell. I mean, those two in the side, they make an enormous difference to the way... It'll be very interesting to see what, what, whether it improves with him and Gusto, whether that starts taking off. Well, I, I like Gusto, as you know. I think he's a good player. I, I think he's got attitude, Marco. <laughs> Even if it means standing over William and berating him. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I, I, I look... It, it, I tell you what is interesting is that when he did bring Chilwell on, he played him on the wing, not not as a left back, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, he was only going to give him a few minutes, which is good. Uh, but I also I also wondered if if what he was trying to do was to close the game out, manage the game, because you know whilst Chilwell can be effective going forward, of course he has got those defensive instincts, so you know he could he could track back or he could be relied upon to track back, unlike a certain Sterling. So. I, I wondered if he brought him on for for that reason, uh, but I, I I hope you know because I know again he was playing him as a winger, wasn't he earlier on in the season before he got injured? Which yeah. I think is I mean frankly is fucking stupid because you've got I mean okay I say that if you've got a choice of Mudrick and uh, Sterling, then I suppose it makes a bit more sense. But if you've got wingers, play them. He's a wing back or a left back. Play him as a wing back or a left back. But, uh, yeah, we shall see. I, I mean, you know, Chilwell, Colwell, St- uh, Silver, uh, Gusto slash James, I think is looking more like it, I have to say. Um, wasn't it a lovely uh, reception he got as well, Marco, when he came on? I enjoyed that. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Um, the biggest cheer of the afternoon, It I was, mean. yeah, I think so. No, it was good. Glad that. Um, and Chuck Wameka came on as well, didn't he? Um, I don't think he really had enough time to to do anything massively impressive but it's good to see him fit again i mean he was he was quite impressive in that west ham game before he got injured so it'd be very interesting to see what his development will be like post injury um jk uh the, the, as is always the way the two players that we absolutely eviscerated last week uh actually were much better uh as in enzo and uh and caicedo moises and uh, as you said earlier i thought enzo had a really good game that's the kind of that he he looked like you know when he I mean last last year he was arguably one of our best players and that's what he did he had lots of energy he was whizzing around he's like a Tasmanian devil he just whizzes around all over the place but he was playing good passes short and long getting getting into the box that's what he was last year and and he, there were signs of that I thought against Fulham I was encouraged 
Yeah, yeah, but also I thought that, that Casido is is slowly but surely becoming a bit more like a Makaleli figure, which is he he seems to sort of get on top of the player and toe poke the ball away. We saw that a lot uh, in the game. But once again, Fulham was so terrible; it's difficult to um, appreciate whether it would, you know will will he be able to apply that to the to the Borough game coming up, considering he's the man who, when the ball was centred, lost his man and put his hands on his uh, haunches as he tapped in. Uh, which I've no idea what was going on there in his head. Um, but, but yeah, perhaps we will have to just give in to the fact that, yes, slowly but surely, um, it's supposedly getting better, even if you have the odd dreadful Jekyll and Hyde moment. Um, uh, and that um, they're getting used to each other and they're displaying more of the uh, the price tag. I mean, not that I think it's that's important for them. I just like them to play... Um, at a decent Premier League standard, rather than being, you know, they need for the amount of money paid 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 for them, they should be playing out of their skins and bossing the game and and scoring goals left, right, and centre and stopping op- oppositions from playing. Um, but they're not; they're a long way from that. So, but we do we do see um, the, the 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 growth of something happening. Um, when you see them play like that, because I agree completely, they were both um, of of different gravy. Mm. I mean, it's a good point you make. I mean, you know, a win is a win, uh, albeit a marginally a marginally ugly one, but a win is a win. And there's a case to be made, I think, to say that you know there have been times in the season where we wouldn't we wouldn't have dug that one out. Um, and you know, you have to do that. You you, you know, I think this this. Uh, idea that we have to beat teams 4-0 every week is just insanity football is is not never has been like that even when we were absolutely the peak of our powers you know in periods over the last 20 years it was it was never like that but the stats do not lie six wins in eight games four wins in five league games eight games unbeaten at home winning seven unbeaten at home in nearly three months uh, that's the first time we've won three premier league matches in a row since october 2022 when we beat uh, when we beat West Ham two one at home, Palace two one yeah. away, Wolves three nil at home, and Villa two uh, nil away. We, we as I said, we're unbeaten at home since the October the twenty eighth against Brentford, uh, and uh, we've taken thirty one points so far this season against the same opposition last season. If you swap the relegated clubs out, uh, Chelsea managed nineteen at the same stage, so. You know that's improvement, and uh, we actually went up to eighth in the table until Spurs fucked it up uh, by not beating United. So we're back now, back down to ninth. But that's the highest we've been since August the twenty fifth, after we beat Luton three nil. And before that, we hadn't been eighth since January the first last year. So over a year. So I think, I think, all in all, as I said earlier on, slowly, slowly, and still with blips and steps backwards. But I think there are signs of progress and improvement, JK. Well, we've still got those three games to come, haven't we? As you've said, City, Liverpool and Spurs. Mm. All we need to do is lose all those three and um, then we'll be wandering back into the uh, the lower half of the of the division. But uh, no, I, I, if, I, who knows which team's going to turn up? This is yeah. the problem. This is almost 19. Um, when did that happen? When did, when did we beat United having been dreadful was it 94 93 94 and about that period where we um was it early when did donarchy play donarchy always well, we, a... we were always beating united in those days weren't we well we were but we had then a we tremendous record against them 
play dreadfully, uh, particularly away, then we played dreadfully at home against yeah. a, a team that was bound for relegation. So it, it pains me to think we're in that kind of that era kind of performances. But um, there's a touch of that. It's a touch of that about them. Yeah, there is indeed. Marco, are you are you, are you seeing the, the green shoots of recovery? The sunlit up plans? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I think I mean, fundamentally, the Premier League is, you know, if you split it into two, can't you? There's, if you're in the bottom of half of the the Premier League, you're not very good. And, you know, for Chelsea to have been sort of 11th, 12th, um, kind of, you know, we, highlighted everything that has been going wrong for for the team um for quite a long period of time but as you know your stats there um underline the fact that, that there is an improvement um you know in the fact that we've got a keeper who no deep um you know puts their hands in front of their eyes if he's going anywhere near the ball or there's a corner. Um, you know, that that's something that builds confidence. Cole Palmer, you know, um, I don't want to jinx the lad, but not only does he um, fit the bill and, you know, obviously justifying the, the money paid for him, but he actually looks like... Uh, you know, he's he's he looks like a scrawny player, but he's actually he's quite wiry. He's hard to knock off the ball. Um, you know, and those kind of parallels with with Lampard. Yeah, it's way too early, but you know, Frank seldom got injured. You got a lot of games a season out of Frank, and that's why he ended up with the career appearances that he did. So, you know, if we're getting that out of Palmer, that's another reason uh, to build confidence. And, you know, if that £200 million duo in midfield finally um, are proving their worth, then, you know, that, that's another thing. So, really, you know, the only, the only continual area that is always under the microscope is, you know, change, going from big chance FC to... Winning three and four nil. Um, I mean, you know, and it's interesting. Um, you know, there's a, a book I'm working on at the moment about the 2009 2010 season, and I've been kind of watching a lot of the highlights of the games that season. And, you know, I said to somebody before the game on um, Saturday, that team would would that was beating team seven and eight nil would put seven past this current Chelsea side without any shadow of a doubt. They <laughs> would absolutely take them to the cleaners, you know. And until until that changes, um, you know, the, the, until people start talking of the current Chelsea team as being any way um, as good as some of the Chelsea teams that we've seen in, you know, the past, you know, this century, should we say, um, we're, we're light years of that, but at least it's going in the right direction. And sure, it fucking should after a billion pounds spent, to be honest with you. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm happy. I, I love to see Chelsea win. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it makes it makes for a better day out when the team win. That's yeah. for sure. No, it it definitely does. I mean, on a, a kind of a related slash unrelated point, I suppose. I've got a couple of quotes here from uh, from Joe Cole, and I think in terms of uh, uh, you know you know our, our rate of improvement, we all know what we need. Um, and I mean, it was actually Joe being quite critical of the current ownership, I think. And I've got another one from Ben Chilwell, just to compare and contrast. But Coley says, from what I understand about the owners, they want to buy youth and under 24s, 25s, and they're very rigid. You couldn't have got Harry Kane, who would have been the dream. Ronaldo went to Saudi Arabia and he's getting old. Ossiemen wasn't available at the time. So you have to be a bit smarter with your recruitment. You think we're not going to go for that now. We'll maybe put in a bid for Ivan Tony because we know he is going to score goals. He may or may not become the next Didier Drogba or Diego Costa. All the great managers of the past, this is the key point, and all the great managers of the past would buy players when they became available and pick specifics, very much like Klopp was doing with Liverpool, I think, this summer, JK, which we talked about last week. Uh, the team is crying out for experience. Just let Poch decide the players he wants to come in. I think that is crucial for the football club. So that's Joe on on where we need to go to, you know, kind of uh, iron out some of the issues. And this is what Ben Chilwell said. He says, we're a very young team. We just need a bit more leadership. Personally, I want to take on that role and help the team out in that respect. Energy getting forward when I can while defensively being solid. It's a very talented squad, so we're going to get there. Hopefully, we can flick that switch soon. And I, whilst I, I think that's laudable from from uh, Chile to take on a bit of responsibility on the leadership stakes, which I would expect nothing less from him. I think he's a, I think he's a he's a bloody good footballer and a highly impressive human being, actually, Ben Chilwell. But I think the the point to me with the team at the moment is. You know, I thought of this actually when we were talking about the performances uh, from yesterday and we can pick out individuals who've made a good performance all over the game or in bits of the game. But what we and it's still a team of individuals. We haven't got to that stage yet where they're all symbiotic with each other and they all collectively are having a good game, playing the way that they're supposed to play, playing the way that we need to play. And that's that I think is fundamentally what we're probably missing most if you were to sum it up at the moment that they're not they're not completely in sync with each other and gelling and everybody playing well at the same time we're getting it in fits and starts jk i think um i'm not even sure about that actually i think uh um it's these patterns of play we're not particularly seeing it's uh, the style that, that potch wanted to introduce at the very beginning of the preseason, uh, which was very like his Tottenham style. I'm not seeing any of that. I don't, I don't see P players backing each other up with the press. I don't see uh, um, um, quick passing. Uh, we just seem to see an enormous amount of the same thing each week. Um, so, and then a player plays better, and we notice it. And I wonder because th- th- there's still a, a bunch of individuals. Um, uh, so I suppose I am agreeing with you. I just think the whole thing needs to be to go up a couple of gears with them all playing for each other. Yeah. You know, the very fact that, that Sterling can beat a player or try to beat a player around the box and then chip the ball over without looking at anybody and there's nobody he's centering to, other than, of course, the um, the ridiculous Wolves game where he, he supplied four fantastic centres, having made that dreadful, selfish Rick 
You know, I think if you were a team that respected each other, he would never have gone on his own. He'd have just played the ball mm. square to Palmer. So I think that's a perfect example of what you're saying, really. Um, it, 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 I agree with you completely, Marco. It is so far off anything that we've seen in the past. Like 2009, they would have slaughtered this side. Um, and so, but once again, it's what I said at the beginning of the of the show. It's a low bar, and we're looking for 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 moments of of excellence um, that are only moments, and we should be thinking. The team needs to come up. The individual performances need to come up um, all together at the same time. And whether that is something to do with maturity and whether that is something that Chile can provide. But if he doesn't get injured, if he himself spends the rest of the season playing regularly, um, because as you say, Chigi is a good player. And if he's willing to take on that mantle of being a, a mentor to some of the others, well, well, great. Um but uh, um, uh, you know, it remains to be seen at the moment. But yes, um, uh, some of them have mo- flashing moments of of competence, um, and others um, run their socks off like like Connor. And yet, Connor occasionally is is within the running his socks off, is is headless and chicken like. And you think, come on, mate, you know, concentrate a bit more on this. Have a bit more time. Don't panic. Stop running around like a mad thing, and yet his commitment is is you know without without peer. There's nobody else as committed as him. So in a sense, you think, well, let's let some of the other players step up to the level of Connor. But you've got to have the skill with it. And I think, um, I mean, even Palmer, in for the when he was playing right wing for the first half, was a little bit invisible. It's when he actually started playing inside that we began to notice him a bit more. Um, so um, I, I, it's 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 tricky, isn't it? We're 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 watching them and and applying this level of yes, I think they're doing okay. I want them to do well because we want them all to do well, and we want to embrace them as being better players, and we want to see progress. But you know, if if they are still a, a mid-table side, well, and that's how it carries on for the rest of the season. Well, you know, we'll have, we'll have got what we thought they were originally. They're a mid-table side. They've got to somehow step up uh, and uh, and start playing. A lot better for me, yeah. whether as a team or even as a group, of, as an individual that is part of the team, which is what other sides do, other top sides do. They have moments of individuality, but they're playing well as a team together. But also they 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 run for each other, and I'm not seeing the running for each other. I'm afraid. No, I agree. Well, it's kind of the point I was making. It's it's not a collective. It's not a team. It's it's, it's some sometimes they some of the players are good. Sometimes they're, they're not. Do you know what, Marco? It kind of reminds me of the of the post-Viali uh, kind of pre-Roman team, that team of the kind of the turn of the century. I mean, I know, you know, good old Viali won the FA Cup in 2000, didn't he? And mm. and then we, we, you know, we lost a few old, I mean, you know, Ranieri got rid of people like Wisey, didn't he? And Frank LeBeuf. And uh, we brought young players in. Then we had no money. So it, it was all a bit higgledy-piggledy, wasn't it? And the performances at the moment remind me of that era. You know, we were we were always just shy of it, and it was because basically we we had a lack of talent, and also we hadn't didn't we have a cohesive team? I think there was a lot of shit going on. I remember. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that joined up. I think, I mean, essentially, if we can overturn that one nil deficit against Borough and get to the League Cup final, um, and then beat Liverpool in the final. Which I know is a big thing to say, but you know they they are two games. If if Chelsea were to lift that trophy um, at the end of February, 
then I think that would have, well, it would be great for the supporters, obviously, but I think it would be great for Pochettino, yeah. who's never won anything because you can't count what he won at PSG. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, who You know, for him to win something in uh, in this country, um, you know, with, with the kind of this evolving group of players, I think that could, you know, be the perfect stepping stone um, to, you know, have a good rest of season. We're in Europe next season. And then next season, you know, that's the time that Chelsea have to get back to being in the top four and seriously challenging for the top honours as, as, you know, everyone kind of expects. So, you know, for me, and it's not simple, but I think that would be the route um, that would be most beneficial for the football club. I mean, the flip side of that is, you know, we we fail against Borough, we get flipped by Villa and then get duffed up by Liverpool. Um, those three games and everybody's in a tailspin again, you know, calling for Pochettino's head blaming the Americans and, um, you know, it's it's the end of the world again. So it's kind of, I don't know, quite often with Chelsea, isn't it? It's a binary play, isn't it, oh, yeah. in terms of opinion and mood swing. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's, we get through this stuff, don't we, as a football club? Mm. Um, and I was reminded of that after the game, actually, but... That's a different story. Are you, uh, you're talking about Stretch's 70th birthday party. Oh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, I was going to talk about that, actually. So, yeah, oh, yeah well, go, go for it, go for it. No, no, what, what I was going to say, I mean, obviously, because of my involvement with um, the stall and getting out early, and, you know, normally, by the time, if, if it's a, a, an after, you know, a late, uh, regular kickoff time, by the time the game finishes, I just want to go home. But actually, because it was an early kickoff, and also it was stretch for people who don't know that it's Peter Trenter, um, who's a lovely bloke and a very well known and respected Chelsea supporter in the community. Um, he had a, a celebration in the Goose after the game, and it was just you know it was just great just to meet people and have a chat and just enjoy the social side of Chelsea Football Club, which just reminded me of the reason why I love Chelsea anyway, because it's the people in it. It's it not is. the bike. No. Um, but it's true, you know, and um, for me, it was great. And, you know, that kind of un underlined, you know, that as, as long as there are people who... Um, are invested in the club as supporters uh, and will be through thick and thin and have been through thick and thin. Um, that's great. You know, that's what a club's all about. Yeah. In my opinion. I totally, totally agree, mate. You know, you know, I said earlier on in part one that I, I very nearly longed the game off because I, I was really tired, woke up late, blah, 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 blah. The reason I didn't long it off, apart from the fact that I just came to my senses because I wanted to go and see Chelsea play, was the fact that I knew Stretch was having his 70th bash in the goose. And I just thought, no, I want to go and see him and, 
and celebrate. But I, I'm so glad I did because there, there were two things that happened this weekend that reminded me why we go, you know, why we do this, even when it can be pony on the pitch. Um, and I, I totally agree with you. It was lovely, lovely to see you. You know, you don't often come out for a drink. About the last time you, I bumped into you, um, it was it was also a lunchtime kickoff, and you and I were absolutely. I, oh, I've done it, J.K. We were absolutely battered. What were we? Uh, how battered were you, Chidge? Absolutely. But I bumped into him at Clapham Clapham Junction. Oh, yeah. That was after a lunch. It was, exactly. Well, I had to drive this time, so there was none of that for me. In fact, I didn't even have a drink in the goose, funnily enough. But lovely to see you. Lovely to see Peter, of course, but also Dermot. Good old Dermot. Terry yeah, yeah. Terry Camazzo. And uh, I had a lovely chat with Steve Burton, the lovely Steve Burton and uh, Paul Hay. It was just... It was just that's what it's about as you said it's the people the other thing was i saw something on on twitter which was a little video of of this quite young father i say young he he, was, he looked like he was in his 20s bless him but young father and his little kind of four five-year-old son and his son oh, yeah. yeah his son's celebration when palmer scored that's why we go that's what it's all about yeah, exactly. it's brilliant isn't it yeah yeah i know it's, it's it's great you know and um I uh, after the game I had to I had to wait for Diane to come out. I forgot the... to mention Di. Yeah, it was lovely seeing her too. Sorry about yeah, that. Yes, so I, I, I sort of escorted her down the Fulham Road. She's lovely. Uh, I like Di a lot. Great yeah, girl. Yeah. And, uh, True Blue Terry as well. Oh, t- of course. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. T. Sorry, sorry. I got a memory like a goldfish, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, all of that is great, and it you know it makes you realise that. Um, how fortunate we are to sort of make friends like that uh, over time, you know, what watching through as a consequence of watching a football club. So it's always been about the people really, hasn't it? That's the point. And uh, I think we have a lovely, a lovely community and uh, it's almost like a family really, you know, and uh, yeah, love. I loved all of that. It was great. Right. My final question uh, of the show goes to Jonathan Kidd. There he is. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowley was sitting next to Sir Frank of Lampard, I believe. Oh, What's yeah. that all about? I think he's going to appoint Frank um, director of football and give Frank all the uh, uh, the nod, the say on transfers, and he's going to get rid of the two stats gurus, and Frank's going to try and get players from his era to come and play for us again. So we get Didier Drogba back. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> he could do a better job than the idiots we've got at the moment, that's for yeah, sure. That's exactly what he's going to do. I have no clue. No idea. No idea. What on earth? What What was that all about? What is he... That does, does, he what, him, does he offer him money to come in and advise him on what he thinks the standard of... Has it improved? Because Bowley can't tell. What What is it? Is he a kind of litmus test? Does he come in and say... Or yeah. get the supporters to like me as like they yeah. like Frank. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm seen with you, perhaps it'll all rub off in some way. It's classic, yeah. classic lead, narcissistic leadership quality, isn't it? I mean, it's probably absolutely nothing. It was just like a, you know, I mean, Bowley must have got to know Frank a bit while he was manager. They would have talked. And, and you know, maybe it's that, Frank, you're a legend at this club. Anytime you want to come to a game, come and sit with me. No problem. It's probably as simple as that. But, you know, one one thing we lack at this club at the moment is an element of proper Chelsea-ness in there. 
You know, we've all been moaning this season about they don't have a winning mentality anymore. Uh, the whole soul and heart of the club's been ripped out with all this, uh, you know, uh, turbulent change that's been going on. We all said it was good when we had Czech. They will always be saying, well, you know, all the great managers we've had in the past have had a, a, a Chelsea connection. You know, Ray was with Carlo. Uh, Steve Holland was around. Stevie Clark, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It would be lovely to think this in a way. Because, I, I mean, they're not going to make Frank director of football in a million years. But to have him as a presence somewhere fairly senior, you know, he could be like minister for Chelsea-ness, as far as I'm maybe concerned. Maybe that's was alluding to that. He found upsetting that he'd heard that Frank was sitting next to Bowley in the box. Well, why would Poch be upset by that? I think Poch probably gets it like we do. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps Frank burst in, gave them a team talk. Oi, oi! New sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah. Ah, joking, joking, joking. you bastard. Well, apparently, apparently it was Chile that was, uh, you know, getting them all revved up in the dressing room because, uh, you know, Oscar, who... Uh, you know, you know, Oscar. He's been to a few of the Troubadour gigs. Uh, his little nephew was uh, one of the mascots or something, and he was saying that they were all, you know, Chile was revving them up in the dressing room before they went on. And I, this is the point. You see, Ben Chilwell came to Chelsea when we were absolutely indefatigably an elite European club. He then won the European Cup with us. He's he's imbued in that Chelsea culture, much of which was created over the you know the last twenty odd years or so. So he 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 gets it. And I don't think there's enough of those presences uh, in and around the club. And you need them. When everything is unstable and new, you know, you've got to have some of that. With football, I think, particularly, you need a, a cultural and historical reference point. He's in there, isn't he, lurking around at Cobham? Is he? I thought he was. Yeah, I, I, he, I don't doubt well, he, Doesn't he teach some of the kids, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I don't know. I, I I think I think if if what I think's going to happen happens, I we win the league cup. Um, you everybody the, the the mood will just change. I think that's what people are waiting for. Some something solid to say Chelsea are back. We ain't getting that at the moment. Is this the same mentality as, as last year we were going to win the Champions League? And it was probably going to happen. That's my worry. My worry is we won't get past Borough. Or well, if we do, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's that, like I said, it's a binary play, isn't it? You know, you look at those three games against uh, Borough, Villa and Liverpool in the league. Um, and if they go pear-shaped, then... Crikey, we're, we're, we're just back to the miseries, um, perhaps more miserable than anyone's been uh, in the last, you know, two years or whatever it is. But I think I think this is all, I think the, 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 the kind of schizoid behaviour or attitude to it, from from my point of view, is, is all about fear. The, the supporters it doesn't matter where we're from those that go go to the matches or lucky enough to go to the matches those that don't and those that are overseas I think it's entirely based around fear and it's the fear that we will not be successful again that we that we've lost everything that we had for 20 years um, and I think that is something to be frightened about um, and that's why you get this reaction because we can't bear it it's intolerant intolerable for us we can't bear it um, but the reality is 
is that actually we're just going through something different. I mean, like I mentioned uh, earlier on, I mean, after all that relative success we'd had in the 90s, um, suddenly, you know, Viali gets sacked. We basically ran out of money. It was a different ball game. We were losing all those legends that we loved. And we were pretty average. I mean, you know, I think some of the football I saw then was equally as bad and incoherent as some of the stuff I've seen now. But it can all change, you know. So um, we can't control this, you know. Um, and even if we, even if we did win the League Cup, I wouldn't. I would argue that well, actually, no, we're probably not back because we're never going back to what we had in those twenty years. Even if we go on and win the League five times and the European Cup twice over the next twenty years. It will be fundamentally different from what it was for the last 20 years. So, you know, sorry if that sounds a bit too uh, clever and reasonable, but there you have it, folks. You know, uh, I'd like it, though, Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. That's what it's about. I like the victories. I'd like those. I like, I'm attracted by those two European Cup wins. Yeah. I mean, I want to see that as much as. I mean, I, I wrote in a, a recent CFC UK how utterly fucked off I am with the prospect, because these owners want to try it their own way and do their own thing. Well, of course they do. It's up to them. They own the club. But because they're doing that, I have been... And actually, I can go back further than that. I'll go back to Boris Johnson and his fuckwits in that government who forced this to happen. They are ultimately the ones that are responsible. Um, You know, I I was looking forward to a nice kind of... uh, playing out my last 10 or 15 years or so going to matches at this club, you know, carrying on on the same trajectory... Now I have to, I'm having to relive my you know teenage and and uh, kind of thirties angst with utter crap again. I didn't really want that for my kind of last ten or fifteen Never. years. I agree. You know I that agree. it's fucked. It's fucked. It's fucked with me big time, as it will of you and Marco, all of our generation. And it's fucked with the kids who know nothing other than all that success. And I just always ask the question: Was it really necessary? And I don't think it was. That's the thing that nags away at me. But the reality is we can't control that. We just have to buy the ticket and take the ride. So there you go. Talking of buying tickets, JK. Yes. I had uh, breaking news from Mark Meehan, the super agent of ex-Chelsea footballers. Oh, yes. And he says we are on. So Yeah, people, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. We can announce that it is definitely happening. We are doing another Troubadour gig uh, on February the 4th, Sunday, February the 4th, which will be after the Wolves game. Wolves game kicks off at 2 o'clock. Doors at the Troubadour will open from about 4-ish, and we will have in tandem the wonderful Kenny Swain and my one of my favourites, Super Jock Finiston, will be doing a doubleheader in the Troubadour with me and J.K., uh, on the afternoon of uh, the 4th of February. So I think it'll be about 4 o'clock. We get booted up about half 6, I think. So we'll have an hour or two to chat with them, doing a bit of a Q&A. Anybody who's been to the Troubadour gigs before, I mean, they're great, aren't they, Marco? You've been to a few. You've enjoyed them, haven't you? Yeah, fantastic. It's a, it's a great little venue. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is a, they, they are really, really fun events. Um well chaired by yourself, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. No, but it is. They are thoroughly recommend them to anyone, even if you're not that familiar, for example, with the uh, work of Messrs. Swain and Phineaston, who, who might predate people's support of Chelsea. Um, they're just like re- really interesting. There's a lot of Chelsea, obviously, Chelsea people there. 
But it's interesting to get hear the opinions of um, old players on on the current setup at Chelsea, as well as obviously listen to them recall the days of their time uh, wearing the blue and the blue of the magnificent Chelsea Football Club. Well, indeed. I mean, JK, you remember Kenny Swain and uh, and Jock Finiston very well because you're a little bit older than me. I was I was a mere boy at the time watching it on the big match. Swain was an excellent player, really, really good. And it was no surprise he got snapped up by Villa and then won the European Cup. Yeah, he did, didn't uh, he? Because he was uh, he was a class above some of them actually, and uh, and Jock's transfer to Sheffield United was completely. Uh, um, uh, out of the blue because he'd had a really good season for us very sharp uh, terrific header of the ball and um, uh, very good shot very low shot lots of the time he just take the goalkeeper by surprise two very good players and the way that all these other players we've had at the Troubadour have, have performed because I can use that word because they've been like turns each one of them has come on has had it's been like a stand-up the fantastic stories and the 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 timing they've all had this is going to be another Excellent one. You just get every. Uh, you're never disappointed with any of these players who come up and talk about their their past careers. It's it's um it's remarkable. I take my hat off to them. They're just all great. It's and also you have that joy of of being a fan and having watched them. So you're you're doubly pleased. You know, not only are they are they terrific players, but they're really funny guys as well and can really talk excellently about their their time at Chelsea. So these things are really worth coming to fantastic yeah well jock was a was a decent striker back in the day in the 70s when we truly were pretty shit um and and as, as marco said kenny swain was a i mean he played up front and on the wing didn't he for us but he ended up being a central defender didn't he i think for villa Kenny Swain knows a fullback fullback i do apologize <laughs> he, played, he played midfield for us did he yeah he's a good stylish stylish player intelligent man as well i think he's doing something quite important in the game at the moment actually mark told me this and of course i've completely forgotten if he's still listening he can he can let me know but uh it'll be quite interesting to get if if if, if i can remember what it was that mark told me then it'll be interesting to get his takes on the game as a whole i think at the moment because he's quite involved with that whereas jock will be full of tales of uh tales of days gone by no doubt and uh enjoying a drink or 10 uh, lovely bloke jo- uh, jock always in the uh the duke of is it the duke of edinburgh marco and ascot uh nick tilt's pub yeah 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 he's always he's always there even if he's not like because he lives down the road apparently so he'll always go to the legends events there even if he's not actually one of the legends but uh lovely bloke really nice bloke so people get on it 4th of February, Sunday afternoon, after the Wolves game. So from 4 o'clock-ish, uh, we'll probably kick off at about half 4 or 5, depending when JK can get out of the hospitality area. Um, <laughs> we, well, actually, do you know what? Last time we just started anyway, didn't we? But anyway, we'll, 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 you know, we'll kick off, obviously, as soon as we can. Oh, oh there we go. Marco's, uh, Mark's come in. He was part of the England setup for a few years. Majority of Southgate squad played for him at youth level. There we go. Bloody hell. So Kenny Swain will have managed, or at the England level, a lot of the players that are in the squad now, who, of course, you know, are hotly tipped, aren't they, to, to win something this summer. So it'll be interesting to talk to him about that. So, yeah, uh, as I said, four o'clock-ish after the Wolves game on Sunday, February the 4th at the Troubadour Club. Me, JK, Kenny Swain, Super Jock Finiston. Tickets will be 20 quid plus the booking fee, which is a couple of quid, I think. Um, and they'll be available from TicketWeb. And I will put all of the details on Twitter and Facebook and all of our usual places. 
as soon as we've got a flyer done. But get it in your diary now and come along because on a match day, these things will sell out, right? Uh, it, we we had you know a few disappointed people after the Kerry and uh, what was supposed to be Speedy, but ended up being Tommy Langley one. So uh, don't hang around. Get your tickets in early. All right, there you go. Something to look forward to. Right, uh, that I'm af- afraid is uh, all we've got time for tonight. Uh, now we will be back on Monday week, a week today, to preview the Chelsea versus Middlesbrough match uh, at half past seven uh, on the Monday night. Uh, obviously there's no game this weekend because apparently it's the winter break or some utter bollocks like that anyway in the meantime uh, oh I know what we've got a decision to make I mean if I get time I'll try and put up some of our troubadour gigs that we've done recently up on on on, on uh, Acast but uh, maybe 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 JK maybe JK <laughs> and I could do a bumper in off the post on Friday I'd be happy would you be up for that I'd be up for that your people will talk to my people and they'll say it's all right. Well, hang on a second. Are you up for that? Yeah. Yeah, they've agreed. Okay, okay. Well, that's a definite then. And I'll tell you what, as it's Friday, we'll do it at the normal time. And as we love you lot, we'll do it live. We'll do a Mixler one because we don't normally do the in off the post on Mixler, do we? Oh, so there you go. How about that? Yeah, well, there you go. Caroline says, any chance for in off the post? Well, there you go. You're reading our minds. So we will do uh, an in off the post this Friday. And then we'll see you back to talk about the the normal football on the Monday. So there you go. Uh, You might have time to get an email in if you're quick. ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com is where you send it. Right. You can follow the show on all the social media. At ChelseaFanCast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. And Marco at Gate17. Marco. Marco. Lovely. Well, it's lovely to see you uh, after the match on Saturday, as ever. uh, And uh, been lovely to see you tonight, mate. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Always also, a pleasure. Be on. Always a pleasure. And uh, you know, I think I think there's there's reasons to be relatively cheerful and optimistic about about the future. I don't think we're quite dead yet. There's life yeah. in the old dog yet. Chelsea are back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Hope I always so. hated that being sung because we nearly always lose whenever we sung that one. <laughs> Exactly that, exactly that. Now, Mr. Kidd, lovely to see you, as always, on a Monday evening, and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, for an in-off-the-post on Friday. Friday. A little bit of an in-off-the-postage. Yes, it'd be fun, it'd be fun. Yeah, be fun tonight, enjoyed it. Right, uh, thank you, uh, particularly the people in Mixler for listening, but thanks for listening to all of you who listen to the podcast. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 